Hello and welcome to Five Alive. It is so wonderful to have you joining with us today. You are absolutely a wonderful asset to everything that we are able to do here at Five Alive Devo and we welcome you. Today we are going to continue to talk about Christian growth and that brings us to another one of the fruits of the Spirit. Last week we talked about self-control and this week we're going to talk about patience. Galatians 5, 22 through 23 talks about the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The one we are focusing on today is patience and or, if you read in the King James Version, long-suffering. Long-suffering and or patience. What does that mean to you guys? What When I say patience, what do you think about? Waiting. Waiting. You getting frustrated in traffic and Yana says just to be patient. Okay, sure. Anything else? What do you think of when I say patience? Someone, a doctor, tends to... <laughs> <laughs> Calmness. Calmness. All right. The definition, as Blair is looking up right now, says manifest forbearance under provocation or strain, bearing pains or trials calmly without complaint. That is not what my dictionary says. It says the capacity of habit of being patient. (laughs) They define patience with patience. Yeah, they define patience with the word patience. That is not a good definition. All right. Lastly, patience can be not impulsive, violent, forceful, or vehement. Patience. What what is something that you struggle with when it comes to patience? I wrote myself a list and I'll read that list. Here are my top three right now as of how I feel today. When I need to use the bathroom and I cannot, I get impatience. That's like my number one. I can remember earlier this week, the kids were, uh, we were at the orthodontist with Xavier and, Ad- and Mallory and as we were there with Xavier and Mallory, we we were waiting on the doctor and that was okay. I didn't have a problem with that. But then all of a sudden I had to go to the bathroom and I became impatient because I needed to use the bathroom. Another thing that I get really impatient about, number two, especially of as of today and my daily dealings with patients, slow internet slow internet, bad Zoom meetings that are constantly just interrupted with reconnecting, reconnecting, reconnecting. It's a Google chat. We're trying to have a conversation and I can only hear every other word that the person is saying. I'm on FaceTime with Addison. I'm on a WhatsApp call with somebody in the US or with another business and it's constantly dropping the call and reconnecting, that makes me impatient. Another thing that makes me impatient is I've made a plan. I've slowly implemented it, and I've exercised patience in bringing the project to completion, and yet I'm dependent on other people to also do the same thing, and somebody doesn't do their job. That makes me impatient. So these are my areas of impatience. What about you guys? Anything that you can think of that makes you impatient? Something that makes me impatient is icing a cake. Because I get (laughs) so excited about wanting to eat the cake. And I get it to a point where the cake looks so pretty. 
but it's not ready. And then I just hurry it up and finish it and go, all right, it's time to eat. Cause I get so excited cause I want to eat it. So what about on the, I'm impatient. But what about on the cakes that we're baking for other people? Since we do bake for a lot of other people every single week. What about those? I'm very patient with those. What makes the difference? Cause I'm not going to eat it. <laughs> okay. But if I'm going to eat it, I just get so excited about <laughs> wanting to eat it. Like Xavier's birthday cake um, back in September. And it is September. I, well, okay. Last, so, a couple weeks ago. So Xavier's birthday cake, especially his 17th birthday cake that we made, it was an Oreo uh, chocolate cake. And I'd never eaten a Oreo chocolate cake before. I've only had an Oreo ice cream cake. But this one was a cake, not ice cream cake. And I had a Oreo buttercream frosting that, and my favorite frosting is cream cheese, buttercream frosting. But this frosting tasted so good and I was ready to- And it had a chocolate ganache on the top, yes. drip ganache over the top of right. it. Right. And For I any of you bakers out there that are just like, oh, I know what they're talking about. Anybody else, sorry. <laughs> and I was just so excited to try the combination of the cake with the chocolate ganache and the Oreo buttercream frosting on top. I just wanted to slice it. Oh, and on top, I decorated it with extra Oreos. Yeah. And oh my, it was great. It was worth the wait, but I hurried it up. So like, if you ever saw pictures of it, oh my goodness, you could see, okay, I took shortcuts because number one, I didn't make enough icing because, you know, I had to sample it <laughs> <laughs> and everybody else in the family had to sample it. So anyways, it was really good, but that's my impatience. Okay. That's one example. One example Thank you. of my impatience. <laughs> I have many more, but yeah. All right, the two of you, bear your souls to us. What makes you impatient? Well, for me specifically is, well, first, not completing school. Like these past few days we've been busy and waking up really early and then I've taken a few naps where I haven't been able to finish my school and been frustrated and impatient of how long it takes me to complete a subject. And then another thing that makes me impatient is math. <laughs> just math in general i'm doing pre-calculus right now and it takes so long to write all the notes and then do all the problems and, and even say pre-calculus because like you pre said pre-calculus <laughs> it's just so long and i want to get over with it as fast as possible so it makes me really impatient when i can't complete it in the time allotment that i want to complete it in very good example xavier our Heavenly Father is long-suffering, kind, gentle, merciful. He's gracious, and He's so patient towards us and with us. In order to be more like Jesus, we too must learn these characteristics or these fruits of the Spirit. And today, the focus of patience and how patient God is with us as individuals. And I could testify days on end of how patient God has been with me. And I'm sure all of us really could if we really wanted to uh, give a praise report of how thankful we are to God. We could just, we could spend days talking about, wow, he was patient with me here. And can you believe he let me do this? And man, I made this mistake and God didn't strike me with a lightning bolt. It's amazing how patient he is with us. 
Patient people can be admired as persons who act and react peacefully. Patience is viewed as temperance, making it a similar but completely different fruit of the Spirit than self-control. Patience will be needed on a daily basis as we deal with the many problems, relationships, and expectations of our lives today, and especially those things that come into play from when we ever followed Christ in the past. There were moments in the past that are going to affect our present day that will definitely test our patience. Patience is also necessary as we work, play, share our faith, spend time with our family. Mallory already brought this up. As we drive, as we wait in queue, do we wait in queue? Or do we rush to the front and jump everybody? Do we jump the red lights? Wait on the bureaucracy of government forms as we work with lawyers, as we work with chartered accountants, as we work with our co-workers, as we work with people that we're just meeting for the first time in a one-on-one -on -one so that that way we can possibly start working our companies together, as we hear inform information that sets us back in the area of our goals, keep in mind as you are dealing with others that God is and was patient with you. He brought you to himself. The patience that he gives is a viable example of how we are to treat others. Allow patience for yourself as well. Turn all your problems over to God through prayer and praying in the Holy Spirit. Trust Jesus to take care of you. One of the ways we can express our trust in God is with patience. Now, I came up with a couple of examples of areas where we require patience. There's three people that want to buy the same house. The realtor has helped you draw up a contract and you are the first in line so that that way you get to close on the house. However, you don't have all of the funds and you are working with a bank in order to get the money so that that way you can take out a loan so that that way you can secure this house for yourself. And yet the bank is starting to look like they're going to miss the deadline. How do you practice your patience in a moment like that? Because if the bank misses the deadline, you lose that contract and therefore you lose that house. Are you so set on that house that you are willing to be patient through the whole process? Do you get frustrated and upset and then question God? God, why would you allow this to happen? Oh, it's all the way at the last minute. What happens if the loan doesn't come through and you aren't able to secure that house? Do you then blame other people? Do you blame the bank? I could have had this house only if. Well, I think that if um, the bank didn't come through with the loan, then maybe God wants you to have a different house that is better for your life than that one that you wanted. That's highly possible. But sometimes we get so set in what we want in that moment that we will not allow anything to deter us from it. That is the exact opposite of patience. Because if patience is refraining from impulsiveness, violence, forcefulness, and vehementness, then we are being impatient when we're trying to force everything through, aren't we? Mm -hmm. How about this one? A renovation is occurring. Two things are left 
for the project to be complete. The carpet needs to finish being laid and the painting needs to be done. Yet the carpet man disappears midway through his work. You can't get a hold of him on his mobile phone. You've gone by his house for three days and he's still not there. And yet you can't move in back into the renovated parts of your house until the carpet is finished and the painting is done. How do we deal with a moment like that in patience? I think it's like speaking from a real life experience almost because I kind of remember that moment in our life of it was Xavier's Earth Day and we were promised that we would be moved back into our home and we ended up celebrating your birthday in a hotel. I mean, that's where we were for a whole month, almost two months, was living in a hotel. And it was just a two-bedroom hotel, one bathroom, two-bedroom. It wasn't a two-bedroom hotel. <laughs> it was a one-bedroom hotel with two double-sized beds and a bathroom. And we lived in that, literally lived in that for... So that was stretching... Because, I mean, to me, it was You're running stretching. out of money in order to pay for the hotel right, you're room. Out, you're, right. you're not able to cook food because you're in a hotel room. So, therefore, your expenses are higher because you're eating out. Right. And you make really good friends with the hotel manager. And they invite you over for <laughs> your son's own birthday to celebrate <laughs> your son because they know you're tired of eating out. And that's challenging. That, that one is was a challenging. Hard one. How do you, how do we practice patience in these moments? Because like I said, I can very easily sit there and say, you better be more patient. You better be more pa But when it comes to these realistic scenarios and we think through them and it yeah. helps us to actually prepare for those moments that we have to be patient. And being, How about being grateful that you just have shelter overhead? Just be yeah. grateful that you have shelter over your head. Yeah. You have a place to stay. Okay, but my my sweet one is going to school going, we don't have a home. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, it, they're, difficult. Nobody said that in moments of patience. It's not trying. Right. It just said in that definition that I gave that uh, when these uh, provocations and strains come, that we bear the pain or trial calmly and or without complaint. Wow. Sometimes that's a tough one. How about this one? You're opening a business and you must have a digital signature in order to incorporate the business. But in order to incorporate the business, you have to have a digital signature. Then in order to pay your taxes, you have to have a bank account. But in order to open a bank account, you have to have proof that you've paid your taxes on a business that you can't even get the digital signature on. And everything is just crossing each other to the point where you feel like you're caught in utter bureaucracy, that there's no way you're ever going to solve this problem. And it takes you a year and a half to try and sort through the whole mess in order to incorporate your company. How do you operate in patience in those moments? How about a real one from the past year and a half to two years? COVID-19 has delayed your ability to enter the country of your dreams where the drop job of your dream is or COVID-19 has prevented you from being able to see your sister or your son or your daughter because of the country that you live in and the country that they live in. What about those that have family members in Australia where there's a complete ban on anybody from India going there and you know that ban's going to last at least another six months? How do we maintain patience in these moments.
In all of these moments, we want our way. We demand our rights. It is my right to see my children. It is my right to go into that country. It is my right to have this job. I have been educated to the level of where I can accomplish these things. And we believe that others have failed us in their obligations. And so we walk in complaint. We become depressed and we hate the bureaucracy of it all. So we have choices to make. Do we become violent? Often this violence turns inward into our home towards family members like our children or spouse. Is that the right way to react to where the areas we're supposed to be patient? How about this? We protest it. We make signs and we gather other people that agree with us and together we can form a think tank where we're all like-minded and we never listen to anybody else's opinions ever because we're obviously the ones that are right. We pay bribes in order to get our way and we illegally circumvent the bureaucracy that has slowed us down to accomplish our goals. We take legal action. How about we force things? to become the way we want to, or the rarest of choices. We handle the situations with patience. It's not an easy one, but remember, God was patient with us and is patient with us. And our impatience can cause us to get ahead of God's plan for our lives. Impatience can cause unnecessary heartaches. Impatience can disprove other good, or godly characteristics that have been developed within us to the point where it looks like we are no longer good or godly simply because we're impatient. Impatience can compromise our family. Impatience can compromise our faith. Impatience can compromise our business. Impatience can cause you to do the same job two or three or more times, whereas if we would have been patient, we could have completed the task just once. So I implore us today to choose patience. And now we're going to look at a few scriptures and ask ourselves a few questions of how we can strengthen the patience and the resolve that is already in us. First passage of scripture we're going to read is Psalm chapter 37, verses three through eight. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself, it tends only to evil. With the context of this passage, what is something that stands out to you that encompasses the life of a patient man? Refraining from anger. Mm. Don't be upset if someone else has something that you don't have, or if someone else is getting something quicker than you can get it. Yeah. The one that always gets me is the one that says, do not fret. Don't fret. That only causes harm. There's an old cartoon that we used to watch when Xavier was little. 
it's called the backyard again. And there was a character Pablo in it. Whenever something would go wrong, Pablo would always run around in circles saying whatever the problem was over and 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 over again until all of his friends said, Pablo, it's okay. That's kind of what fretting does sometimes. What's another thing that stands out to you uh, from this passage of scripture, Psalm 37, that a patient man does? Trust in the Lord is another one, I'd think. Absolutely. Is, uh, doing with patience is, you were already saying that if we're impatient, we're demanding our rights and our justice. But if we put our trust in the Lord and if we commit our way into the Lord and trust in Him, He will bring forth the righteous judgment that we are so seeking. Yeah. It's not for us to take it into our hands of, I need my justice and I need my rights. Because when we follow Christ, we are giving up our rights to him. Exactly. For him to be our protector and our judge and defender. That's a tough one in this 21st century for people to really cling on to because so many people are wanting to demand their rights. I see protests upon protests upon protests everywhere I look. It doesn't matter what the country is. I'm seeing protests of people who are making demands of their rights. And yet Christ calls us to trust in God and that he will bring forth a righteous judgment. Is there anything else that our patient person does? They rest in the Lord. Hmm. They find rest in him. It's easy to become very impatient and therefore lose a lot of sleep over the impatientness. Very true. And sometimes we just need to find our rest in Christ. He knows the answer. He knows the ultimate goal. And just because, you know, you may immediately ask Christ Jesus into your heart as your personal Lord and Savior and think, okay, this is going to be my quick fix. Things take time. I mean, it's not like a baby is born and then boom, they're 100 years old the next day. Things take time. Things grow. You're not a master of art. The first day you're born the Lord ultimately knows your story he knows your history of whom you will be in life but it's up, up to us to find complete rest in in him and knowing yeah he's got it right and that doesn't mean sleep away the days and not improve on who you are or who you want to be in life that's not what it means at all but to be mindful that he is watching over you. Yeah. And in, in, even in our own impatientness, the story I have is um, going to America just for six weeks to go back and see our da daughter because we hadn't seen her in two years during this time of, of uh, COVID-19. And I had uh, rented a home in the States through Verbo, like an Airbnb. And when... I got to America that the day that we were supposed to go into the home that I had rented for that six weeks, uh, the person had sold the house out underneath us. And I was like, oh, okay. So, all right, we are literally homeless. What do we do? And talking with the VRBO people, they're like, you're super patient. You're like the most calm, patient person I've talked to. And I said, please do not let my patience distract you because I 
am a mom who has a family who needs a place to stay. And, the only, and because I got such a good deal on this house, the only place that they could give us was not in a good area of town. And it became very frustrating, but yet I knew the Lord had it all under control. It's just, where were we gonna stay that night? Where were we gonna stay for the rest of that six weeks? And to me, my mind was thinking, oh, staying in someone else's home through like an Airbnb, I'm helping out somebody else, I'm helping out a small business. And that's not what happened. Instead, staying in a local stay hotel and helping out that new business. Yeah. So sometimes through patience, I mean, that's something that we're constantly learning. It's trusting in him knowing he's got a better deal in the long run. Psalm chapter 40, verses 1 through 3, reads as follows. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings and he hath put a new song in my mouth even praise unto our god many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the lord so according to this passage of scripture what was the result of being patient with god um he patiently waited for him. Right. So what was the result of the person waiting on God? Um, God helped him out of the situation he was in. Hmm. He pulled him out of the troubles and set him upon a firm foundation. A firm foundation. Yeah. yeah. And gave him a song to sing. Gave him the ability to rejoice yeah. in what God had done. Despite the circumstances he was going through and or facing. The fact that it says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me, he came to me, and he heard my cry. How often in the past couple of months, past couple of weeks, have you heard somebody say, does God really talk to you? Does he really hear what you say? Have you had people talk to you like that before? Mm -hmm. Especially in the past couple of months? Yeah. Yeah, I have. You mean God speaks to you? You mean he hears what you say? Well, according to the Bible, yes, he does. And I know he does whenever I'm talking, when I'm praying, and when I'm patient, and I wait upon him, I know. I know he hears my cries. So maybe the answer, if you're listening and you haven't felt God hears your prayers or you don't feel like he speaks to you, perhaps the answer to be patient. Another passage of scripture is found in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 20 through 22. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was 
deceit found in his mouth. So when do you get no credit for demonstrating patience? When you're in sin. Yeah. I mean, if you fully know you're pushing it, like, I'm just going to take this upon myself and do it because I'm tired of waiting. It's easy to do. It's what we as humans like to do. If this is going to get done, I've got to do it myself instead of patiently waiting. And there that, there's that line that people usually say when you're watching a TV show or a movie or reading a book where they say, well, if you want something done right, you got to do, do it yourself. Is that what people say? It is. Yeah. It is. So if that's when God isn't pleased with our patience, when we're doing something faultful or when we're beaten for our own sin, if he's not patient with us then, if he's not, if we're not getting credit for demonstrating patience then, then when is God pleased with our patience? When we're doing what he says. And still suffer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When we do God's will and we still, still get in trouble when we do God's will and we still have people put us into a figurative vice to try and squeeze the life out of us. He credits us with patience when we're doing good and people treat us as if we're evil. Why would a warning like that be in the Bible unless it was going to happen to us? I mean, we're born into a sinful world, and there's sin all around us. And there are those that are wanting to destroy you, whether it's intentionally or not intentionally. They may not even know that they're doing it. Mm -hmm. And we all have a different walk. We all have a different achievement in life, so to say, of whom we want to become or desire to become. And sometimes that's hurting others in our path, and sometimes that's taking a, a step back. And um, allowing people to push us around. And then there's, you just don't do anything. You're just fully relying upon other people because, well, if I dare work or if I do this or if I do that, then, I mean, there's all approaches. So doing good and knowing your heart intention is knowing you're doing good. But when pain or suffering comes in, and it may come from somebody that you least expect it. If you have a true communication with that person, you can try to talk, try to talk it out, try to try to approach it. Yeah, but what happens in those moments where that doesn't matter? Because so often we come into life thinking that if we do what is right, then what is right is going to work out in the end. How many fairy tales end with happily ever after? Well, if you read Grimm's fairy tales, it's not any of them. The original, okay. Yeah, that's what I mean. Let's talk about modern day, 20th and 21st century fairy tales. How often do they end with happily ever after? Majority. Vast oh. majority. How many TV programs, movies, and books end with the bad guy getting caught and put into jail or the good triumphing over evil? How often does the white Stetson cowboy hat wearing person defeat the black Stetson hat cowboy. Yeah, the guy with the white hat usually wins. Right, because they're it. always the good guy. How often? I like the black Stetson hat. Mm -hmm. How often? That's great. How often <laughs> do we always see that if the good guy will just be patient in the end, 
everything will be solved and all of the bad things will be returned right unto him. The book of Job talks about a righteous man named Job who had everything taken from him. He lost all of his flocks. He lost his house. He lost all of his children. He got boils all over his body and he was cutting the boils pus out of his body, the infection out of his body with a broken clay pot. And his wife even says to him, why don't you just curse God and die? And yet throughout the book of Job, we see that Job never does that. And in the end, even God gives him back everything that he had wealth-wise, riches-wise, house-wise, twofold. But guess what? Job didn't get his kids back. He didn't get that experience back where he didn't learn through the situation to completely trust in God in the midst of loss of everything. And yet we constantly live our lives with the question of why would God allow a hurricane to hit me, a typhoon to hit me, my house to get flooded, an earthquake to happen? Why would God allow the pollution of the air to be so bad here in this country that we are losing seven years on our life for every 10 years we breathe in this air. And we blame God when God gives us the very truth of the matter is, is that we will do good things and people will hate us for it. Yet he's pleased with our patience when we go through those trials, those tribulations, those hardships, those circumstances of pain and suffering, and we deal with it in patience, in the work of patience, which remember is not being impulsive, not being violent, not being forceful or vehement, going through the trial calmly and without complaint. Our next passage of scripture is found in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into his grace, in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has give, been given to us. For while we are still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. When you have developed patience, what other things can grow in your life? Yeah, a tolerance for people. Endurance mm. for more things that you need patience in. And character mm -hmm. and hope, absolutely. And the last passage of scripture is found in Romans chapter 15, verses 4 through 6. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may, with one voice, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. What's the source of our patience? Christ. Is patience something that we can just wish into ourselves? 
No. No, you need to put it into practice. Yeah, you do. Is it something that you can spend time emptying yourself and meditation and allowing everything to flush out of you so that that way you'll be a more patient person just by osmosis and hopeful thinking? No. How many of those people do you know are patient? Yeah, usually they're not patient, but for some reason people believe they are. It reminds me of the other day we were in the city and somebody, a guru, would come up to the door. He was knocking on the window and he was begging, pleading, yelling, screaming, getting angrier and angrier and hitting our car because he wanted money for the God that he worshiped. We don't do that. We don't give money to false God. A few days go by and I had parked the car to go into the ATM machine so that that way I could get some money to buy some subsy, some fruit, some vegetables. Somehow that same guy was five miles away from where we had seen him last. And as I come out of the ATM machine, he's beating on the car. Blair's sitting in the car and he's just beating on it and beating on it. And he comes around and he looks at me and he says, give me money for this God. And I looked at him and I said, I will not. I am a follower of Jesus. I am a disciple of Jesus. And he took his stick as if he was going to try and hit me with it. And I just looked at him and I told him to stop. And I got in the car and I drove 100 meters away to the vegetable stand. And I got out. He thought I was running away from him. I wasn't running away from him. I was just going to complete my day with patience and integrity and character. I got out and I looked over at where he was and he looked at me and he started to walk towards me. And then all of a sudden he just turned around and walked the other direction. Why? I don't know. I can draw any kind of conclusion I want to because the guy could have ended up walking over and yelling at the subsy, uh, the, the, the vegetable vendor, yelling at me again, hitting on my car again. He could have done any kind of violent thing he wanted to do. Instead, he turned and walked the other way. I don't think I compromised my patience. I don't think I compromised my values. I'm not even going to validate which false god it was that he was raising money for because... A false god is a false god. In those moments, if we'll not worry about material possessions, we'll not worry about any of the things that cross through our minds so often when we're completely selfish. We'll allow ourselves to be patient. Christ Jesus will receive the glory. Is there anything else you guys have to say on the line of thinking of being patient? Then let's close in prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for today and for every single day, and that we will worship you every single day, and that we will love you forever, and hope that everyone stays safe and wears their masks. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 If you want to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, we are Five Alive Devo. We welcome your questions and your comments. Five Alive Devo out.